full circle, right? We, as, as practitioners, we just want to make a difference. And I think if we can make a difference sooner, um, the better, right? Whether it's an adult, whether it's a kid, and just have that impact to really make a difference in someone's life. Wouldn't you say that's why you do what you do? Of course. I mean, for, for me, I mean, like I said, if I can ease somebody's pain, make them laugh a little bit, and they leave my office happier than I did my job. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movement Matters, a real wellness podcast with your hosts, Colin and Diana. In this episode, we introduce Dr. Michael Kay. He is a CORU team member and founder of the Center for Functional Health. This is not your average Q&A for a lot of reasons, one of which is that Michael's a goofball. Regardless of that, though, we discuss the pillars of health and, as we call it, real wellness here at CORU as well as, of course, functional medicine. Dr. K is a doctor of functional medicine. We certainly also, as we are prone to do, explore how different societal norms could and most likely are limiting us in various ways, some that we're not so aware of, from truly understanding who we are as individuals, as humans. Unfortunately, I missed this conversation between Michael and Colin because I had the pleasure of being in Costa Rica with Lerth Hamilton and Gabby Reese at a fabulous XPT experience, which I can tell you more about. But um, you will hear instead some cameos from our producer, Joe. Sounds just like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually mistaken a few times. I thought it was Diana, but of course. Diana will be back on the next episode, and as always, this conversation is relevant to anyone looking to jumpstart or maintain their healthy wellness habits. Speaking of healthy wellness habits, please come and visit us on October 12th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. for our next open house. We will have an array of goodies for you from delicious food to samples of our group classes and private treatments. You get to play in our state-of-the-art gym, hang of monkey bars and whatnot, and also experience our elements party at the very end of it, say 2 p.m. on. So all details in the notes. We hope to see you in person. I don't think the foundation has changed, which is to as humans relate to ourselves as almost feverishly, chaotically, stupidly, I would say, driving ourselves to nowhere, but not, not asking why, not checking that. And I don't want to jump to some kind of religious piece. What drives most of the people today? If they really thought about it, What's that? I would say ego. <laughs> e- ego, mm. fear. Fear for sure. Huge one. That's a big one. Well, that's what I'm suggesting isn't new. 
that isn't new. Exactly. That will always be the same. Well, no, I don't know if it, well, always, does it always have to be the same? What drives people? Humans. You mean yeah. human? Well, we can't, we can't accept that it always is going to be that way. Well, for like people. But I agree that it has been that way for a long gone on. time. If you ask most people today why they get them to go to work, mm-hmm. what do they go to work for? Money, paycheck. Ah, yeah. so now we're here. Sure, sure. Now but we that's, arrived, money. Well, yeah, but that's just related to the need, the having to pay the bills because of the bill set up. The structure is such that we have to pay bills and all of these things. And the ambition and the drive. Right, but mm, what are you trying to get at? <laughs> I think that ego, fear, money, power, all those occur in the setting of ambition and drive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is the foundation of our culture. And I'll agree with that statement. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with that. <laughs> yeah, at and first how- I didn't think you were agreeing. Well, not agreeing. Not that there has to be. Like, that's right. the I, way. I, I, right. <clears throat> and I think that's thousands of years in the making. Right. I don't think it was different when Jesus, for example, wanted no. to get the Romans out of Jerusalem. It wasn't different when, um, these are just examples that are always on my phone front of my mind buddha was looking around and seeing how india was and, and witnessing different kind of social classes and structures it wasn't different blah 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 it, i think it's been this way for thousands of years yeah and 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 and, 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 <clears throat> and money and mm-hmm. power and so and if, that, that stays the same <clears throat> i agree with that statement that stays exactly the same and right I'm there. saying I, I perceive that as an excess and that I believe there's a possibility of some, of, if we were to really look at what is enough, we could, obviously the goal from, in my mind is we can rewrite the, we can change the foundation. So what is enough? How, how, do, we, how, how do we know what is enough? Yeah, well, now we're getting into you know philosophical even quandaries even, hundreds of years in the how, how about this? A different <laughs> question: What are you passing on yeah. to your son? You know, how how are you teaching him about ambition and drive? And it's moment to moment, day by day, exploring and, and monitoring my own uh, questions and suspicions. I think I think kids, if they have anything new to offer, need to be encouraged to offer it, um, and I believe they do. And I guess I believe there's an inherent um, value to what they have to offer. And the biggest thing that has taken place with my son and, and how I've shifted as a father of this particular child and as a parent in general is recognizing that there's no, I don't know what's best and I'm not going to pretend that I do and I'm not going to try to force it. I have a sense of certain things that I definitely need to continue to remind him of and make sure that we pay attention to, but there's a lot of unknown. So, and a lot of that does show up in technology, but if you just let them go too far with the anything, obviously they're like, it's like drugs and they just go and they don't ever want to stop and they're stupid and they'll just not sleep and they won't eat and they will literally not even do a damn thing that's normal for biological functioning and it's ridiculous. So obviously that's, too far right um so you, 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 keeping, do the, you do the best you pray for the rest yeah yeah well for sure and uh of course since we we're here thinking uh, i i can't help but think about what 
um, the rest could be. What you know, and how can I and we be catalyzing what the rest could be? You know, pray, yes, be open to the best, and maintain a, a, an awareness that we don't know, but. And action, right? So, I mean, they see our actions, yeah. right? Now the kids see our action, and then hopefully they emulate the great stuff that we have. Right. Right? You know? Right. Our ability, or in our, um, found fundamentally, our commitment to taking care of ourselves and to being kind and neighborly and mm-hmm. going out of our way when it's not to our own detriment. Right. Um Seeing me bend over to pick up a piece of trash. Yeah. You know, seeing me, you know, hold the door open for someone. I mean, all that stuff is, yeah, you know, really important. Kindness yeah. is probably the main foundation. Right. Stewardship and kindness. I think that's gone by the wayside. Oh, man. Yeah, we Damn you, Internet. Yeah. We don't, we don't you think we don't, it's gone? Unless you go I'm an inherently unless, hopeful. Unless you're going into Wawa. Hopeful and right? optimistic if you're, going, if you're going into Wawa... Everybody opens the door for your Wawa. Yeah, just right? like welcome. Everybody, everybody in Wawa. It's a good, like, it's a good company. Hey, right? Let me buy it's, this it's for you. Co- right. It, it's, and I've seen that in Wawa. I've seen that where people did not have the money and the guy buys like, I got you covered. Right. It's a right? communal. Wawa. Mecca. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> did, you, did you read the Wawa book? I've heard of the Wawa book. It's a no, great book. Yeah. The foundation of Wawa is pretty unique. It was a great book. And they say, even in the book, that you know, you come to Wawa, everybody opens the door. person will stop and open the door for you at Wawa. Seven yeah. Eleven, no, not, not the not same. So much. No. Definitely not. Not so much. Circle K, not so much. <laughs> I don't even know that one. Really? Well, and, <laughs> all right, so let's let's pause for a second. Let's get into your Philly pride, because Wawa's a, basically a Philly company, right? We can um, say no. That. I can't say they're a big Philly company. They started. They're based like an hour outside of Philly, aren't they? A little bit more, but it started as a milk company, I think. And then they were like a, oh, they did mill, they, they were milling, and then it was or Quaker, milk. Amish, Quaker. I remember. Okay. And the reason they have so many Wawa's close together, yeah. so no one store will run out of a product, so they have to go back to the home store to get it, so they can get it like right down the street. Got it. And they're only in Pennsylvania. There's a couple in New Jersey now, I think. And Delaware. it was the one opened in Florida. They actually, well, on opening day, they had to get the police out there because everybody from... Back East was just right. Yeah. People flew down there for the opening. No, they didn't fly down there, but people who lived in Florida loved it. That's funny. Got your tasty cakes. Right. Well, true. Yeah, because right. PA is the only spot for tasty cakes. Uh, There's a right. lot of things that are yeah. yes, unique to here. Good yeah. soft pretzels. That's a given. Good peanut shoes. Oh my god. Right. All right. <laughs> we went macro right at first, which is Golden just in juice. my nature. Let, yeah, let's hear. You're from Philly. I am from Philly. You're grew born up and Philly. raised. Born and raised. Mom was from South Philly. Dad was from West Philly. Uh-huh. And I was from Northeast Philly. You are a city boy, right? I am a city boy. Yeah. True. Where did you go? <laughs> Northeast. Okay. Nice. Northeast. Yeah, went to Northeast High School and cool. all that. Great place to grow up. Fantastic. I am still friends with the friends I grew up mm-hmm. with. So, oh man, that's great. Yeah. It's it's great. Absolutely love them all. Um, you know, to know that there's somebody that you can call two, three in the morning. I need help, and there's no questions asked. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Great. How many yeah. how many guys are you still friends with from um, that age? We're all still friends. Um, so going down a block, Joel, Ephraim, Lynn, John, Steve, Audrey, Stark. Oh I mean, they're all. All there, whole gang, yeah. Whole gang. You were all in grade school, high school, yeah. 
Yep. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. So, you know, shared the step together, played a lot of step ball, wall ball. You know, it was a fantastic, incredible time. Not knowing how magical yeah. it actually was. Rachel, another one, Ephraim sister. So, I mean, it, it, you know, just a whole, to have a whole nother family there. Um, and thinking that this was normal. This was absolutely normal. Of, of, of course, if you didn't like dinner at your house, you can go next door and get dinner, right? <laughs> That's of course, so funny. Of course, I can run away next door several times, you know? I mean, it's, <laughs> we, we thought that was a norm. That's what, yeah. It's the yeah. same way. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Did you have that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, my family is from South Philly. Okay. So um, then we moved northeast. and But my mom, you know, my aunt was right down the street. Mm-hmm. My grandma's right, right down right, the street. Right. right. Uncles and yeah. aunts. And yeah. So like that whole real family was so close by. And then right. even coming here, creating my own neighborhood, you know, having right. those connections, still having those connections today. Um, I thought that was like completely normal because my parents modeled that for me. Right. By having their friends from childhood like five years old to you know high school sweethearts i thought that was a thing you do you meet someone in high school and you marry them you know like (laughs) and and you think it's a norm i mean i thought it was absolutely normal and then i met my wife francis and not your high school sweetheart i'm a high school sweetheart she was she's from little house in the prairie she's pretty much she's born and raised in california yosemite national park and all that kind of stuff in a log cabin pretty much (laughs) without electricity Pretty much, <laughs> you know, uh, her dad was a park ranger. So that's what, that's what she had. But, you know, when I brought her back East here for the first time, you know, again, we're living in a row home. So everybody's there right. and you know, it's, it's midnight. And so he said, Hey, let's get pizza. And someone says, you know, I want pizza from here. No, I want pizza from here. I want pizza here. And she's like, does it really matter yes, where we get does. pizza? <laughs> and it was like the old EF commercials, right? I mean, it like got stone quiet. It's like, you know, I'm like, just back away, just back away. And I said, listen, when the pizza comes, you got to muscle your way in there. You're not going to get anything. And the pizza came. You see the pizza guy come in the house. You see the pizza guy leave the house. You see everybody with slices of pizza in their plate. And you see her standing there with absolutely nothing. Gosh, didn't do it. And she goes, well, you got two slices. I'm like, I know that's my two slices. I'm like, I'll give you one, but that's it. And then she said, why do you people fold your pizza? I'm like, well, why don't you fold your pizza? So we fold it because we got to eat it and we got to get that next slice because you never know when you get that next slice. I don't get the impression that you would change a damn thing about your life. I think yeah. you, you've been. I would disagree. Yeah. I would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things that would change. Yeah. I mean, your thumb. No, I mean, there's just different routes that I've, I've, I've could have taken, you know, but I would, again, ambition, you don't have to and, respectfully and, and, disagree. Ambition though. and driven to the point that I, I probably would not have listened to other possibilities in different routes that I could have taken. That's a right? So thing. In, 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 ninth, in ninth grade, I decided to become a chiropractor. Ninth grade. Yeah. I said, this is it. I'm going to become a chiropractor. Yeah. Somebody said, said, hey, listen, we have a great school. It's good that you're trying to keep us on track to things that are We have a great school, PECOM, Pennsylvania College of Osteopathic Medicine, great school. And you can become an osteopathic medicine. You still get to work with your hands. Um, you still get to help people and you can do whatever you want because your license is not restricted. Mm. So I could still do body work. I think body work is super important. I could still do my nutrition and still do everything. You just have no restriction, not 
couldn't say that if somebody told me that, I would have gone that route. Because again, that ambition, that drive, this is the way I'm going to do it. So yeah, there's, you know, when you look back, you do get the opportunity to say, yeah, I would have done this, done that, you know. Got it. Okay. Tell you, the one thing I wouldn't change is, you know, Francis. I mean, I would never, I mean, that was kismet. That's obvious. That, that's kismet, man. I, I'm yeah. not giving that up for anything. And you two are great. You know, thank you, yeah. I mean, she makes me great, so. <laughs> she makes you great. Yeah, listen, I mean, she's just done a bang-up job for me, you know. Well, for seem, me, to seems me. Seems to go both ways. Like, you both seem yeah, really. Yeah, you know, I always felt that, you know. It looks like you're a pretty awesome team. We are an awesome team, but I've learned, I think, more from her. She wow. finally got better comedy now, you know, because of me. That's good. So, okay. Yeah. They didn't but, have a sense of humor in the cabin. Um, no, there was there was one there. We just had to be drawn out. I mean, that, that that's the only reason I'm widowed because she said a very funny joke, and that's when I said, "Hey, I better have a date with that young lady." How so did she, you meet? Uh, I'm pizza cook by trade, and she was a waitress. Oh, you? Oh, that's why. Yeah. Got to yeah. be careful about pizza. That's, that's how. That's how we met. And uh, what brought her out here? Because clearly. Wait, no, wait. Yeah, so I was a pizza cook back in California. That's how I put myself through school. Oh, you met in California. Yeah, I met in California. Okay, um, right. So I was a cook out there and then worked jobs as a personal trainer. I had to for everybody. Your uncle became a personal trainer. Uh -huh. um, did really well with that. Really enjoyed that quite a bit. And that's where I met her. And she came over to the house, made poached salmon, red roasted potatoes, a homemade dill sauce. And I said, I am not giving this up. Mm -hmm. That was it. Holy moly. Done. Yeah. Yeah. This is, be this is better than pizza. It's better than pizza. <laughs> it's way better than pizza. <laughs> Can stuff. you put this on pizza? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. We're done. So I, I think it was just, you know, very lucky. A good time in her life and a good time in my life. We're wow. melded together. <clears throat> stars aligned. I love it. And then we practiced out there in California. And then one day I said to her, I said, hey, what do you say we come back to Pennsylvania? And she said, that would be fantastic. I said, hmm, maybe she didn't hear me correctly. Yeah, it's <laughs> across the country, she near this place called here. Philly. She likes it, okay? Loves it. Well, you live in, one of, I think, one of the most oh, beautiful well, parts of the yeah. world, which is obviously yeah. Bucks County, but more specifically near Lake Galena. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, but as we've spoken before, I'm a water guy, so I do miss my beach. Mm. Uh, I do miss my son. We live in Pennsylvania, or Pennsylvania. There's no sun. Yeah. When did it become Pennsylvania? Is that new? Uh, yeah. Or? Well, it hasn't. Somebody said we haven't had seven days of straight sun since October 2016 or something like that. That seems accurate. That what seems the fuck? Is that, that seems scarily Every accurate. podcast actually has been like a, rain, a rainy yeah, day. gray. In no. the past like three weeks. Right. Oh, three. Not every, yeah, yeah. But like I remember one. Consistently. Eugene wasn't. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's... I don't remember this being this. I don't think gray. this was the way it was. I don't know if you remember it being this gray. No, definitely um, never. Yeah, I definitely don't either. But you know, as um, you're the elder here, I take your word for it. Yeah, I just don't remember it being that gray. I don't think gray. it was. No. What the hell is happening? <laughs> well, some people argue climate change and all that, yeah. but that's a whole different podcast. Nah, we got time. <laughs> I got patience to see tonight. Yeah. <laughs> when do you need to go? I got a patient at five. Oh, we've got time. Yeah, yeah. we're not fine. We're gonna right. have plenty of time. Actually, I have to. I'm gonna have to wrap up before you then. Um, oh, there you go. Well, so you don't want to talk about climate change? <laughs> What's to talk about? We're it's gray. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, but it is scary in the sense that well, there's value in knowing what you think. It, one one of my patients showed me. He said he went to Alaska and he said, 
you know, it was a great time. I said, you know, the icebergs must have been just so beautiful, so pristine. So, and he showed me a picture. I almost wanted to cry. Oh, it God. Was, it was dirty. Yeah. Wow. It was absolutely, it was, it was like filthy dirty. Ugh. And, you know, I don't think there's a conversation to have after that. I'm like, wow. Right. But he did enjoy Alaska. But it's not, it wasn't as clean. It wasn't All clean. right. You know, so. Is that from the rain? I'm just going to be dumb here. What is? I would probably have to say pollution. Yeah, the pollution coming through the, yeah. Yeah. Affecting the rain. And that's what's interesting about California. So, right? in that regard, then, are you suggesting you think it's the pollution is affecting our I climate think that here? We go, I, I, I don't have enough science to say what is mm-hmm. and what is not. I just you have say answers, don't you? Uh-huh, don't I don't you have know? the answers. And that's what's neat, but the older you get, you find out the less shit you know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. How do we make it so that we all realize that? How do we make it so that more of us realize we don't know shit? And then we reevaluate the foundation of our society and kind of start over and just throw away our notions of God, all of the stories. I don't restart. Know. I don't know if we can, right? And here's the thing: Do we have to, right? That's no, we don't have, we have to, to. But I believe so much that we can, and it would be better. But I don't know how. I think there's so much to learn. That's now. my fault. That's where I get too ambitious, and I have to just. But what are you going for? What is that's why ambi- I like what, John Wick. What is your ambition drive from? But John Wick has an end goal. Mm, no, he just wants to stay be alive. able to remember his woman. Right. Like, that's stay, it. And stay alive. That's not an, uh, fine. But that, that's good. Right. That's great. So that's what is, the why fact. are you so ambitious? What are you going for? Well, this particular ambition, I'd say, I don't like, I don't, I'm not sure I'm willing to give you that, that it's ambition. I think. What drives you then? Let's ask that. Yeah. I, the possibility, the possibility for possibility a what? better society, a better social structure for to literally that is my drive to and with every component of how I relate to a human being one on one or in a group, it's always with the sense that this could be part of this is a fundamental part of the whole this is a fundamental part of the the broader social structure and um I think that's an answer a lot of people have or would give, especially in our, if I'm willing, if I can be so bold as to say our quote unquote line of work. I think that's right. an answer a lot of people have if they are being honest with themselves. Um, and if they're, if that isn't their answer, then I don't know how it could be anything other than money. I think it has to partly be your answer. Otherwise it is money, which makes no sense to me. Obviously, I want money, but I only want it to be able to affect more change in this particular context. I wouldn't make a difference. That was my whole thing, right? That was my whole thing. If but you I, can't if, if, if I you're can make, if I can make if I can yeah. make a difference in somebody's oh, life. You, oh, well, that's what, that's the same thing. That's that's what I want. Yeah, I mean, it's that. Well, you said all of us in our field. I mean, if you speak to most doctors, you know, they, I don't think docs are getting into it today for. You know the big think, money. You know it's no, you know no. to be a brain surgeon, to be a neurosurgeon. You're talking about years and years of your life that hopefully that when you're in your mid 40s to 50s, you establish yourself. You're fantastic at your work. 
and you're making good money, but you've given up what I covet now more than anything else is time. I was going to say, I think probably the main difference between you and me, other than the fact that you're a functional medicine doctor and you know a shit ton more about certain things than I do, is that you're probably better at, at the end of the day, just feeling accomplished. And I don't turn off much. I bet you're probably better at feeling accomplished and just uh, looking at your wife and, and feeling good about the little world you've created. I love coming home. Exactly. Right. I love coming home. So, you know, coming home is, is So that's what helps it be enough. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Everything's about the home. Everything's about the kids. Or, you know, that, that's what's most important. Uh, in my life, I mean, you know, that, that, that was my drive. My drive was to give them which is good the setting that was better than mine. Yeah. And then here's what we struggle with, though. Gave them a setting that was better than mine, and then we have to give them different values. Of course, when you grow up in Philly, it's like, you want to make a buck? All right, <laughs> go make a buck. <laughs> you know, when I said to my dad, I go, how about an allowance? He's like, I'm 10. He's like, how about an allowance? He's like, how about a job? And that's the end of the conversation. But growing up back then, you were able to hustle and make the dollar. Yeah. Today, it's, you know, we don't see so many kids working physical work, working around the house, working hard and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, now I told my son, I was like, we're going for, he's like, I need these sneakers. I'm like, okay. I'm like, are they for school? No. Are they for baseball? Because he was a baseball player. He's like, no. I'm like, what are they for? He goes, I like the way they look. Mm -hmm. I go, I don't buy for aesthetics. I buy for function. I'm like, you gotta go find a way to make some money. So instead of him, where me, I would go labor you know, can I do a yard? Can I shovel? Can I mow a lawn? He's like, all right, no problem. He goes home. He gets some of his old toys, cleans them up, sells them on eBay, makes enough money, buys the shoes, and has profit. My job was done. Fair enough. Yeah. Right? Job was done. So I think it's, a, you know, I think kids today have to think different. Um, well, that's a great segue into the Center for Functional Health because I, I do believe that part of what, I'm, you know, poking at is this possibility that the desire to function well is natural. I think it's innate. I think the desire to function well and to just run around and be functional is innate. And I believe that's enough. And I believe that's the thing that we lose is the desire to function well or the awareness that we can. But before, you know, let's just... What the hell is the Center for Functional Health? Yeah, well, thank you, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, so it, Center for Functional Health is a functional health practice. So we look at the root cause of dysfunction. That's the main thing. So we work hand-in-hand -hand with the medical community, and somebody can only work with us if they have a primary care physician. So when I see a patient, I think of how can I build a team to help them, A, through their acute setting, and B, how I can make them feel wonderful. And the biggest complaint is I've lost my mojo. I want my vitality back in. I want my energy back again. My gut bothers me. I've got hypertension, high blood pressure. I've got high cholesterol. I'm on diabetic medication. How do I feel myself? And what we do is we put together that team so they can once again feel well. Not just okay with medicine, just feel well. And that's our biggest presentation. You know, I want to feel myself again. So we have to work on the pillars of health. We work on lifestyle, we work on sleep, we work on nutrition, we work on movement. And you have to put that recipe together. You know, a lot of them comes in with vitamins and supplements and they come with bags and bags of vitamins and supplements and they're taking them only because that's what's was marketed to them. 
So you don't take a medicine that's marketed to you. One could argue, well, maybe with all the commercials we do, but most people take vitamin supplements because they heard it was good. And we like to look at, do you really need it? Because I feel if we eat a good diet, a well diet, a diet that you need as a bio-individual, then maybe you don't need all those supplements. Now, again, we live in Pennsylvania, so we got to be taking vitamin D. <laughs> you know, We've established we haven't had right. sunshine in three years. so Right, so... <laughs> You, you got to take it. I heard two medical docs talk on a podcast and one doc said to the other doc, well, do you want to live longer? And he said, yes. He said, where do you live? He's like, back east. He's like, move. Shit. Right. <laughs> it's just there. So we like to look at the individuals of well, a bio-individual. Wait, all yeah. that's fucked up. Wait. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's that what he said. Two yeah. MDs were talking. That was the, that was the podcast. Move now, to where? Probably somewhere, somewhere there's sunny. Sun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then it comes to the question, are they really alive? Well, I mean, I have that, I have that nagging voice <laughs> that suggests you got to move. It's not what, it, uh, yeah, that this isn't the place. But I want to ignore that voice. <laughs> well, that, you know, you've, you've ignored the other voices, so. Yeah, oh my God, there's so many. I know, there You're so many. Yeah. John Wick. Um, <laughs> don't do it. Um, you're ignoring them, right? Because you're staying. Yes. Why are you staying? Um, I like my community here. Yeah. You know? And you have a really good vitamin D sub call. I do. I do. Vitamin D with K2. Yeah. yeah. Which brand do you Ortho use? Orthomolecular. Okay. Yeah. Where do you get it? Orthomolecular. Oh, you order it online? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really picky when it comes to my vitamins have and that supplements. Or organins or something? And I don't think so. That's surprising. Yeah. So I'm very picky with my supplements. I like to know where they come from. Yeah. Of course, a lot of times I get it from other countries, and that's okay. It's that I just want to make sure it goes through third-party testing. Yeah. So Designs for Health, Orthomolecular, Zymogen is another big one that I use. Yeah, uh, what do you process. take? What are the things you take? D with K. I take D with K. I do zinc. Yeah. Zinc's really These important daily. for immune system. Mm -hmm. Immune yeah, system yeah. and gut, so zinc is really important. Uh, magnesium every night. Magnesium what is form? Super important. Uh, magnesium citrate. Um, so there's, capsule. No, powder form. Powder, okay. Yeah, magnesium citrate. It says magnesium citrate, glycinate. Um, there's uh, oxalate. So you want to be careful with the magnesium you take, but sometimes it can work as almost like a like Which a brand for magnesium? Uh, Nature's Vitality. Is that it's Calm, right? Yeah. You do that, okay. Yep, yep. And I like Calm has some pretty good products. Yeah. Um, they've got a great product for sleep because it adds L-theanine, which helps along with melatonin, uh, a little bit of GABA, so that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, CoQ10. Half a dozen so far. Okay. CoQ10. I'll do that on a daily basis. Um, turmeric. Mm. I take that. So it's called an inflammatone. Uh, I like that. It's from Design Trials. So there's good products that have that in it. Um, usually something with reishi, some type of mushroom product on a daily basis. So it's pretty much. And then I'll have a whey protein yeah. drink. I usually do the brain octane oil, Dave Osprey. You know, so I get in the caprylic acid. I like that as well. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, I think. Yeah, it's like a dozen. Yeah, I think. Okay. And, and that's based upon you years of, of knowing how I can focus on, helps me with focus, it helps me with energy and stuff like that because I, you know, 12, 14 hour days. Yeah. Yeah, you're nuts. Mm. You don't sleep enough. Um, no, I do not. <laughs> no. no and but you seem is, to be cool with that. 
I'm okay with that. It's just years it's been that way. Even even in California. So You're I still eating pizzas at midnight. No. I think I, it's a Philly thing, man. It's because yeah, you eat I mean, pizza at midnight. Well, there's that, but it's, yeah. it's also just the Philly way. It's You drive, man. You have to you have to drive. I mean, that's yeah, just... You don't sleep either? I, I love sleep. I sleep like eight hours. Yeah. yeah. No. But see, I didn't... I, no, I got here by... That's not the same. He's got yeah. five, maybe. No, I know, but six. like generally Philly rule of thumb is... Well, okay, so that's not age because you're a lot older. So as as you get older, you don't get the deep sleep. You're not in deep sleep for long periods of time. But this is what you've been doing since you were our age. I've been doing for, I can't remember, that's the way it was. So I worked two, three jobs. and That's why I got the crazy look in your eyes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just the way it was. So in California, you know, probably around, I think it was like third or fourth term, when I yeah. finally had to get a job and the school's like, listen, we don't want you to have a job. And I'm like, okay, give me more money. They're like, oh, we can't give you more money. I'm like, okay, I gotta go get a job. And you know, that's what we did. So, you know, I go to school during the day until around three or four, get on my bicycle, bicycle to the restaurant, yeah. work, work that until two or three in the morning, bicycle home, sleep for about four or five hours, get up and go to school again. You know, which is interesting though. I will say that my grades actually went up. Mm. Because I started to study for quality and not quantity and was really able to discern how I learn best. And that was like a huge jump. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was really interesting. So, you know, learning how your child learns. Yeah, we just started talking about that. Yeah, we're talking about that. It's just, it just will save them so much anguish and aggravation and. Some do well with reading, some do well with listening, yeah, some do well your watching video. Daughter and son were very different. Very right? different. Very different. Um, I think you said one of them just go could just go and sit and do it on her. Own. Yeah, that's my daughter. My daughter. And he yeah. likes yeah. the right. visual. He likes the visual. So yeah. he and Fran, my son and Fran, my wife Frances, they're both visual, and my daughter and I are both readers. Got it. You know, she's a writer as well. So I mean, she she writes, I write. You have to write. When writers write, that's what they do. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, so okay. you, that's you, how I was. Yeah, you, you, when you write, you write. Uh, yeah. Hence, the, we did two published research articles, uh, contributing author in one book, and then, then did my own book. Yeah, you have a book? Huh? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A Boomer's Guide to Chronic Pain. Yeah. Yeah, all about chronic pain. I think it was to get the Why boomer age. Why have we seen that? And we should have that here. Yeah, we'll get that here. It was, you know, those who were born between like uh, 1946 and 1964. Uh-huh. And then what I did is each chapter leads with a song in bet- of those times. That was you. That was you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 64. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it, it was a good book. It was, it enjoyed writing it. Uh, but then you, you talk about staying up late. You, you stay up to one in the morning and then you get up in the morning, you read it like, oh, what the hell was this? Where am I, where am I even going yes. with it? So it's. You that's do, the, see, that, that's why sleep is so important because there is a diminishing rate of return physiologically and psychologically. If, you, you know, yeah. if, if the low-hanging fruit to help a patient, to help a client, is sleep, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, so sleep. much of what we, I, I say this almost every day now to people, is like, look, we just want to, this is simple. All, everything we're showing you here the intention is for you to realize that it's simple this is simple 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 i like the low-hanging fruit i think people need that i think it's excessively complicated and or the the 
answers that are provided only make people feel oft, often they make people feel more uh, discombobulated or overwhelmed or confused and conflicted. It's like, can we just boil this down to really simple shit? And right. that's Get some more what sleep. we often are talking about. Yeah. Right. Sleep, the breathing. Yeah, the um, breathing is important. The chewing the food. Chewing, you know, we've had mm. patients who would yeah, smoke them like, I need <laughs> you to chew your food. Let's I'm come back curious. to that because I was curious in your dozen, your list there. I, I, we've talked about, we've talked about talking about this, I think, as well because I don't understand it as much, obviously, as you. Prebiotic, probiotic. You don't take a probiotic. I don't take a probiotic. Yeah. In fact, I actually... You eat a ton of kimchi and sauerkraut. Yeah, I love my sauerkraut. <laughs> yeah. We're making sauerkraut right you now. You eat a ton of sauerkraut. Yeah, we're making sauerkraut right now. Mm. And therefore, you don't need it? Or what's your, what's your relationship with probiotics as supplements? So sometimes we don't take the right probiotics, right? And not everybody needs a probiotic. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. So we'll do what's called a GI map test. We'll look at a stool analysis and it will show me if there is too much of bacteria or too low bacteria. Like we had one patient, he had too much bacteria and he's feeding the probiotic, just taking a probiotic, just taking it twice a day because he's told, market it to, we haven't come off the probiotic and uh, he felt better. That, that was it. It was taking. It was taking something that was just feeding the bacteria. So unlike so, the idea that we're told you need more, you, you need more. don't necessarily need more, right? You don't know what you need until you look at your traditional blood work, until you look at your clinical presentation, until you look at a stool analysis to figure out what you need as an individual. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. if the stool analysis, then we have one patient that came in, and we talk about you know again working as a team. This one individual had an elevated calprotectin, which is an inflammatory marker that lets us know that there is some type of blood in stools. She had inflammation. We know that. That was high. And she had the elevated calprotectin. I'm like, listen, we can start. That's okay. But right now you need to go across the street to my friend, the gastroenterologist. And that individual had a couple polyps and her colon that needed to be addressed. So that's where the magic works, where we blend both worlds, right? So we try to bring in that team, not just, oh, you need this medicine, oh, you just need this vitamin. It's kind of like we're a person and we need a little of this and we need a little of that to make us feel really great. And, and that's what we really pride ourselves on in the center is that it's not just one thing. And when you come in and we look and we say, here's all these things that needs to be done. And this is why the program is six months, nine months long is because all we need to do this week is just get better sleep. So we'll work on sleep, right? Maybe next week we're going to work on energy. Maybe the next week we're going to work on, you know, now we're dumping the sugar. We're getting all the sugar out. So we haven't touched on nutrition yet, but we want to go for the low-hanging fruit. So we had mm-hmm. one patient, she had reflux disease, so reflux where acid bubbles up into the esophagus area. They can get a lot of chest pain. And she's drinking orange juice every morning. Oh, man. Yeah, you gave me that example before. Right? So you know what? Stop all drinking the sugar, orange juice. All the oh, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's like a... F- you know, taking a big lighter to her gut every day. Wow. Right? So what do we do? Just get rid of the orange juice. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Feeling pretty decent. Right? So sometimes it isn't something magical. No, it's simple. But that simple thing can be magical. Yeah. Well, let's get more into nutrition. I know you, that's, I mean, everything you're describing is literally what you do. This is your work. This, this is, is how work. the practice functions, yes. so to speak. This is the clinical no practice, pun no pun intended. Um, and obviously, nutrition goes hand in hand with everything you're doing. Yes. We haven't even talked about the chiropractic part, which, I but let's get, you know, yeah, one so, thing at a time. 
You know, the, the chiropractic college you went to, Los Angeles College of Chiropractic, uh, it's now called Southern California University Health Sciences. It's a different name. Okay. Um, and now they have a PA program, they have an acupuncture program, they have a massage program, they got a great uh, doctor of oriental medicine program to do acupuncture. Um, great school. Yeah. Um, Screw you, Joe Rogan. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so, Really enjoyed Just going kidding. there. Uh, liked 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 it very much. I thought they did a great job teaching. He uh, apparently he, said something about chiropractic yeah, that pissed Joe, him off. Joe Rogan wasn't, and I'm a fan of Joe Rogan, so I was really surprised. He he, he and some other guests really went after chiropractic. I think <laughs> the con yeah everything's so, so contextual. The the school that I went to, I mean, we they were taught us heavily about nutrition, mm -hmm. so we learned a lot about that. So you know, chiropractic has always been about being healthy. You know, it's always been about getting better energy, better sleep, better nerve flow, better blood flow, and all that kind of stuff. So when you look at osteopathy, like a doctor of osteopathic medicine, when they manipulate, their goal is to improve that blood flow. And when you look at chiropractic, their goal is to improve that nerve flow. And when you look at PT, who mobilize physical therapy, you know, it's to improve the function. But to be honest with you, it's, it's all of it. Yeah. You know, it, it, I don't see how you're going to mobilize or manipulate a joint and not affect nerve and blood and, fi and fixation and movement and all that so right you know, so it goes hand in hand and and i'll just acknowledge that obviously because i think a lot of the things we offer <laughs> they're obviously not as quote-unquote mainstream they're still seen as alternative to some extent even osteopathy i think is still somewhat alternative to a lot of people well, and osteopathy in the form of manual medicine, yeah. yes. You know, so I use a lot of older osteopathic techniques. So I do a lot of soft tissue work, a lot of rehab. Um, again, a lot of that body work as opposed to the traditional, you know, come in, get adjusted, get manipulated and out the door. Um, not that anything's wrong with that. Just my practice kind of dictates more of the myofascial work and more of the rehab work than, you know, lay down, you get your neck adjusted and out the door. This is the type of clients that I see because I see a lot of chronic pain patients. And same thing with functional medicine. By the time somebody comes to functional medicine, they're already upset. They've been to the doctor, they've had a whole bunch of medicine, they've had a whole bunch of testing, and they still feel horrible. So we want to take a step back and say, how can we not feel horrible anymore? Yeah. So that, that's where it kind of, it, it, it blends easily. And, you know, naturopathic doctors are also wonderful. I think the, these folks do an incredible job of, of really bringing in uh, functional medicine. NDs. So we're getting a little bit more here back east now. They're big out west. I guess if you could, I hate when people ask me to do this, but could you define functional medicine a little more? It's, it's root cause. It's looking root at the root cause. cause of dysfunction. So when you think about a disease, a diagnosis, Which a is set of symptoms, right? From, you know, you think of, you know, uh, diabetes and heart disease and, you know, cancer and all that. And then you look underneath that and you're going to see driving factors. You'll see inflammation, you'll see toxicity, you'll see the environment being involved. So it's looking at what's driving the dysfunction. You know, for example, when somebody comes in and they say, you know, you got hypertension and a doc says, I'm going to give you some lisinopril, the patient very, very, very rarely ever says, how do I get rid of this hypertension? Right. Right. They come in with back pain. They go, how do I get rid of this back pain? Right, so why the difference? Well, one, they don't feel the effects of the hypertension yet. It was found on a blood pressure exam or something. Or maybe they came in with a headache, right? They don't feel it. If they felt it, they would want to get rid of it right away. So functional medicine says, hey, what's causing that hypertension? 
and maybe it's diet. So maybe that's what we need to work on. So if we can get you healthy enough that maybe you don't need the medication and we can work hand in hand, that's what we want. Mm. So that, that's what functional medicine looks at the root cause of the dysfunction. Not that you just have it, let's go figure out why you have it. Now, sometimes if it's genetic and we can't change it, what can we do to enhance you? What can we do to make you stronger? So that, that's how we work with people. Make sense? Totally. So what's your 101 nutrition? What's the... F- De- decrease your sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in our world. Um, if you want to pick, say, hey, listen, you know, you, you got mm-hmm. one thing to do. Mm-hmm. Get, get rid of your sugar. Unpack that more because you could mean a, I mean, that could be interpreted as a few things. So I will. You don't mean carbs. I will, I will right? argue processed sugar, right? Yeah. yeah. That's one. Okay. Um, however, we have now an increasing what's called NAFLD, <clears throat> non alcoholic fatty liver disease. So, you know, these people here really want to watch all sugars. Fructose, which you know comes from fruit, um, does not break down as well as glucose from the liver. So when you're a diabetic, if you have fatty liver disease, that's non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, you're going to have to watch even your food intake. <clears throat> so if we're going to talk about that, we might as well talk about you know ketogenic dieting, right? Because everybody jumped on the keto wagon, right? Everyone's like, I'm keto, I'm keto. And you're also maybe a little keto crazy too, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Mark Sisson, Rob Wolf, um, you know, all these guys that talk about keto, they talk about which I really adhere to is like, you know, coming in and out of, of keto. You know, you don't have to be in ketosis all the time. Um, and cycling in and out of it is is important. You, know, you don't have to be so strict. If it's going to start taking over your life, yeah, it's not worth it. And we see that a lot where people are just, you know, going bonkers and we don't want to do that. We want to make it, as you said, simple. We want it so simple. You know what? I need you to eat some protein. I need you to eat some, you know, broccoli. And you know, and people will say, "Well, you don't understand. I need to have." Well, I, I need to have. That's that's a brain craving, right? That's not a food craving, mm. right? And we have a very odd relationship with food. And food is constructed in a way that we want more of it, more of the bad food. You eat one Pringle. You can't just eat one Pringle, right? That's what the commercial said. Can't eat just one Pringle. Right, right. So when people start eating all these foods, then they can't stop. So even if you go ahead and use a fake sugar, in our brain, it's still reading it as like a sweet. Like the agave and this. You got it. Show, and we yeah. still want more and more and more. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Okay. So the the one one stop decrease that processed sugar. Get any, anything that's processed. You got to be get gotta get rid of it. Now here's what we might hear. I can't afford organic food. I didn't say one thing about organic food. <laughs> if you have the money and you can buy all organic and everything's super organic and all that kind of stuff, God bless you. Go. Get everything organic. But if you can't, it's a better choice, right? It's a better choice to buy broccoli that is maybe has some GMO or pesticide on it than eating the potato chips. Mm. Well, right. Right. So I think you just, you, if you're going to start with something and when we start with most of our patients is the first thing we dial down is the carbohydrates. I'm not saying carbohydrates are bad because I eat a ton of carbohydrates. I can tell you though, because I keep track of it, 
I'm usually under 150 grams of carb per day. I would say on days that I work out, I'm more that 125, 150. On days that I don't work out, I'm usually under 100. Got it. And I eat, eat twice a day. Ooh. Interesting. So, no, no breakfast? Not usually. On days that I work out, I will grab a protein shake that I make at home. Unsweetened almond milk, the whey protein. Mm-hmm. I'll throw in some dark chocolate. Yeah. I did that today too. Just oh. smoothie in the morning if I'm working out. Yeah. You know, just and sometimes on the, those days I'll have a sweet potato as well. Love the sweet potato. Yeah. Sweet potato. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if people are bonking in the afternoon at that two o'clock, three o'clock where they're just jumping down, I'll say, you know what? Sweet potato, some butter, a little bit of a Himalayan sea salt. They'll come right back up again. Mm-hmm. That is your go to. That's yeah. a great go to. That's a great go to. Sure. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah, yeah, I could eat that every day. And nuts, nuts are great too, but you know we have to be careful with nuts, right? So peanuts are low hanging; they're not really nuts. It's a bean. They're not nuts. Yeah, right. it's a legume. You know, so you want to stick to your almonds, your cashews, your macadamia, your walnuts. You know that kind of stuff. Okay. So th- that's what we do. You know, we get them going on our right path. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. You know, what do you do when you have somebody <clears> who's you know, but this is the way I need to eat, you know, but at home, I mean, I'm, 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 get one of my just... I'm, I'm cooking for everybody. And, and you're telling me I have to eat this when I got I get to cook macaroni and cheese for everybody. Yeah. Just... You know, I don't want to be this way forever. Nobody says you have to be this way forever. Like you don't eat any junk. That's not true. Well, that's I, a, I do. Right. Cause you're still going to eat that pizza. Yeah. I'm going to have that pizza, but I don't have any more is the four slices. Yeah. You know, do so I want the four slices? It comes back to enough. Right. And you're acknowledging this is temporary. Hopefully you're, you know, you're out of whack, so to speak, or your system is, uh, you know, we need to regulate whatever's going on temporarily so that you can be in a position to have the pizza or the wedding cake, whatever. And that is... I don't work out well. I do not operate well the next day if I have something that's not in my normal diet. Mm-hmm. If that if that's mentally or if sure. that's actually physically, neither do it I. It just doesn't happen. Especially okay, if I right? eat after so, nine o'clock. Even. Well, I think obviously right. what what's you know the saving grace is you realize you don't even want it, but right. you can't sell. Right, you can't sell it, on right. the future. It's like you're saying step by step, but know that the goal is to get to where you can be able to make the choice and not be completely thrown off. Right. So there's eating something that you're going to avoid eating something because it shouldn't be in my diet or I'm going to avoid eating something because it kills my gut. Right. So a lot of times people say, why don't you eat this? Well, it kills my gut. So I don't feel like getting kicked in the gut. Right. So that's why I avoid a lot of food. They say, you got great willpower. I go, well, I just don't even buy it. So I can go to the cupboard and the refrigerator every single time, but if it's not there, it's not there. So, okay, great. Right. So I mean, that, that's how that works. You know, um, I love it. And yeah, obviously it's why we work together and you're here and we, right. I think, uh, obviously I know that we share all of that. The question of the root cause is always so fun to me because sure. what we're talking about now coming, comes back to what I suspect and it's full circle to where we kind of began, even though we're not ending, I'm just acknowledging that it's the same kind of, I'm a one track pony. <laughs> there's this suspicion that the the catalyst you know the the root cause is is elusive 
And um, I think it's on track to wonder about addiction. It's on track to consider that there is this addictive component that is normal. Like the norm root, the normal root cause is some kind of addiction. I think it's on the right track to put, to, to think in those terms, not just with food, but it's obvious in this context with food. The, the addiction is a brain thing though. Addiction is very great, brain. but right. it, it, that's yeah. why I get, that's why I get upset when some people say, well, you just need willpower, right? Because it, it's, I'm not saying that. Right, right. But some, but a lot of people do say that, you know, I think you need some serious support and some recognition about how, what's really going on. And the fact that there are little things inside of you that are getting in the way of your willpower and they need to change. I'm talking about like those single cell organisms that probably have an incredible effect on us that we seemingly don't give enough respect to. Right. Um, Go on, yeah. But you also have to look at, you know, like you said, the background. So are you familiar with the ACE study? Say it again. The ACE study, Adverse Childhood Events. No. So they did this study and they showed that, you know, children who were exposed, involved in horrible childhood events, as you can imagine. Trauma. Yes. Will come out later on in life. Come out? What do you mean? Disease, dysfunction. Oh, okay. More prone yeah. to heart disease, to diabetes. Yeah. I'm sure some of that, but I can't talk to that. I talk about that's not what you meant, by right? No, out. more of a physiological perspective, and so you can do the right vitamins and do the right tests and all that kind of stuff. But if you never address that issue, well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That's the test, the ACE, you know, the ACE study that you know that's well, right. you, didn't, you didn't know there was a study that no. right? so to yeah. to support your thought process, there is that study. Well, obviously, it's not just yeah. my thought process. No, I've, it's just I've yours. Paid attention to other things. It's just my. No, there are a couple of others. Um, voices yeah they're scary um no i'm a really loving person actually i'm sure you are <laughs> yeah um that yeah there i'm sure there are tons of studies to uh validate what i think is becoming more uh normal to even suspect and talk about and, and even believe which is that the the norm in our world is one of trauma and then the effects are all these things that aren't serving our function and we as we dig into it we can see oh yeah there is this root cause that had very little to do with the thing that we're seeing now if anything to do with it um and understanding that is obviously valuable and empowering and probably n maybe even necessary to make the complete shift uh, so that's that is relevant to then what you're talking about with regard to root cause. Right. It's, it, it's like everybody can do, you can do something right. You can take all the right medicines and supplements. And all well, what you're stuff, making is an inherent link yeah. to psychology. And it, well, how can you help somebody feel well, feel vital, and not look at the mindset? Well, I fucking know that. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it is. It is. I mean, you know, you have to. You have to look. At it. It's like our relationship with food. I mean, as Americans, we have odd relationship with food. I mean, yeah. You know, totally. we grew up where you eat, eat, clean your plate. Well, right. You know, That's so what I'm saying. That you look. How can you look at psychology without looking at the foundation of our culture? That's. The <laughs> and we'll go back to that, and I'll go. Yes, you're right. No. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Colin is right again. <laughs> um, oh god now i sound like an asshole um i'm just gonna loop that yeah. audio blip over and right. over and he'll play it at night when he goes to sleep <laughs> i'm always right i'm always right, I'm always right. right. yeah all those gives, it, gives it to his kids yeah i told you i was right 
Oh, great. All those people that ever told me I was egotistical, though. Let's give that to them, too. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, for, for me, again, that's why it's important. I know one functional medicine doc, he's out in Mechanicsburg. I think he has a setup where you have to see the psychologist, his psychologist, for three visits before yeah, you sure. can, right? I mean, that's a, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, mean, I wish, I wish. But do you, know, you go Matt, into when, that? I guess I'm curious if you go into that. Oh, we and, go big into lifestyle and that thought process and that mindset. And that's where if I need to use health coaches, we'll use psychology. And that's the unfortunate thing. What managed care has done to psychology is they really decimated that field because I feel a lot of patients, a lot of patients, a lot of people should have, should have sit down and have a checkup from the neck up at least once in life. Oh yeah, you know, but you're pointing so, out that it's segmented. Like it is look, segmented. It's all segmented, right? Look at your head and your gut and your it's skeletal system. Segmented to the point that these guys don't even speak to one another, right? So the docs don't even get a chance to speak to one another unless they're working in the hospital. Everybody is, you know, the docs are always or at Coro, right? They're they're just looking at their thing, right? So we got the guy will do the plumbing. We got the guy who do the electric, and we got the guy who will do the structure and you know, we kind of need everybody to talk, but they always don't have that opportunity. Remember, their job is to make sure you don't die. Yeah. That's their job. And if something's not happening the way it should, they're going to punt to their next doc the way it should be, right? So that's what acute care does, right? That's what acute care is. So when people say, as I said before, every time I go to my doctor, he gives me medicine. I'm like, well, that's his job, yeah. right? So, and sometimes you need medicine. And that's important. Sometimes patients are like, I don't want to take my medicine. I'm like, why would you not want to take a medicine? Well, I don't want that in my system. Okay, well, will you do this, this, and this? No, then you need to take a medicine. Hmm. Right? So can we take medicine and can we change your lifestyle and do better with nutrition, better with movement, and better with breathing and be better? Yes. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's always that setting, and that's what center of functional health is. It brings that setting together. So right, this right, is where right. I will reach out and go, we need to work on movement. We need to work on lifestyle. We need to work on nutrition. You need this kind of test, right? And we bring everyone together and say, this is a team approach, right? When you look at all your athletes and that athlete goes there, you know, he's, he's injured, she's injured. What do they have? They got a whole team working on them, right? Because that athlete is worth X amount of money, right? It's business. So how much are you worth? What are you willing to invest in yourself? And I hope you're willing to invest something because I want to put together that team for you. That's what the center is about, you know, and you're talking about movement. Movement is super important. Movement, breathing. Yeah. Well, movement in the conventional sense you're referring to, like literally organizing your bones and your skeletal system and getting up and doing things that we might refer to as exercises, um, obviously matters. I relate to movement as just, I almost see it as a synonym for life which oh, move or die. I mean, it's very straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even that or live longer and suffer longer. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even an ethereal component. It's just a recognition that the movement is oriented and, and rooted in electron electricity flowing through us. And that never stops. That's the essence of movement and movement just doesn't stop. There's always movement right. and we're either, part of we're either going with that flow or not and um back again to what i always looking at that problem see as part of the fundamental uh excess of our world and it's not just because of cell phones is 
reinforcing the ability to fight that flow without even knowing it, to go against that flow of movement. So we think, you know, so it looks like this thing that's not movement, and it isn't, of course, in the way that we normally think of it. It's sitting still, it's being static, it's what we call posture and all that crap. But not crap, but diff- it's, it's a different understanding of movement for sure. So when does flow stop? What's Never. It's a matter of whether or not we're... When does, in, when, when does flow begin to become compromised? I think the, it never stops. It's the sense of it. It's the experience of it that stops. And the experience is the most important part. I agree with that. And I'm yeah. going to argue, to answer my own question, that it starts with once we go to school. Of course, we are sitting all day. Oh, sure. In that respect. Yeah. Right. Oh, I agree with right. that. Right. And, so, and they've done the studies before where, yeah. they put the, where they put the kids on the stability balls and they were able to focus so much better. I'm sorry. We, we're going to get some. Uh, <laughs> right. I love that. And, you know, I used to, I loved, actually, this would be really cool to talk about. And I haven't even gotten to talk about this much or look at this enough with some of my Feldenkrais colleagues. There's this chronic, it's almost nine out of 10 people I see, the right femur pronates inward, like a, a internal rotation of the right femur. And, Years ago, I used to think, oh, that's got to be because of driving, like thinking, oh, I'm like trying to be um, a little detective about it. Like, yeah, the fact that you just keep normally moving your pedal and with just the right foot and rotating the right knee in and, da, 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 and the resting position for most people. But I started to see it in kids. So I started to think this has got to be, there's either some weird phenomenon that uh, I haven't, found the research on yet where it's normal and we're born with the internally rotated right femur, which seems bullshit, like bullshit, or it has something to do with the way we organize our sitting in desks and the right siding of a desk often. That's and the right oriented world. Of right. Our, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure left-hand people will left on, you know, will say that. So, you know, most of us when we stand, you know, most of us stand, there is a tendency for a majority of public to have a little bit of a right foot turnout. Uh, yeah, but why? And I don't know. You got to go back. I don't We'd know. have to look at enough kids from right. the moment they're born to see where that starts. And I haven't done that. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know, know why that is, but we see it a lot. I don't of have patients. the funding to do that. No. We say it a lot with patients. That's why you know the, the podiatrists will love my next statement. But it that. probably goes hand in hand with the internal rotation of the femur. It does. It does, because that's. Turned out. Counterbalanced. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's why uh, when you look at cycling, when they start cycling with the clip system, yeah. remember the clip system? You clip your foot into, you put the bike shoe on, you clip into the system. When they first made that component, there was no um, little bit of a leeway in that Shimano component. Uh-huh. And people were coming in with a lot of ITB, iliotibial bound problems and TFL problems. On the right or both? On the right, on yeah. the right. And then the minute they just, both of them have a little bit of a little bit of a give and shift pivot into it, took all the pressure away because we have a tendency to just lean towards one. And, you know, yeah. so it's just, it's just, you know, a lot of people have that. You know, that's why we look at the foot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you have to look at the foot because if somebody has what's called pest planus, you know, where the arches are flattened. So if that arch comes down, that knee is going to internally rotate. So then put numbers more pressure on the hip. Yeah, yeah, that still right. so begs the question of the root cause, though. I don't mean, know. Like obviously, you know, but I like yeah. your theory about school. I think that's... that's we got to get moving. I, I think that's what we see with the kids a lot. I mean, I see kids now with that forward head posture, you know? I mean, head forward and hunched and... Well, that's the phones. That's the desks. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, not phones. That's we, actually we got to get up and move. I mean, we got to... Yeah. 
Oh, I got backpacks, move. man. Oh, well, backpacks are yeah, yeah. Fifty pounds. Backpack yeah. Go hand hand. And I've written, I've written that letter to you know the school. I'm like, listen, this kid needs to have another set of books. You know, it's where'd not, your kids not go about to school? Him toughening out. My kids went to Central Bucks. Yeah, and what do you think? I think Central Bucks is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. but the desks. Desks or desk? Yeah. Me. No, then they went to. Uh, I think when they went to ninety minute classes. No, I get a little difficult. It's difficult to sit that long, mm-hmm. you know, especially as a kid, and especially as a boy. Boys are meant to move. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, gets to you that. Know, girls should move, but boys, you know, were a little bit more antsy. You know, it's yeah. an interesting theory. Yeah, it's just when that, and then you know, now when that boy doesn't pay, you know, he can't focus. Well, he can't focus. He needs to move. Right, right. He's got to move. Boys have to move. Girls have to move. Well, I, of course, I love if we could, again, sticking with simplicity, I would be delighted if we just allowed move more to be the enough. If that was like, here, this is enough of an answer. Let's just allow this to be enough of an answer. Move more, for God's sake. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Across the board, not just with kids, yeah. but. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it. Patients of mine who are teachers, you know, we talk about this and they get their kids up moving and there's always, after they move, focus is always better when they sit back down. Yeah. So the general rule for everyone, and we've already broken our rule today because we're doing this fantastic podcast, is get up every 20 minutes. Yeah. I wiggle a lot. Every 20 minutes. I squirm. That's why I have to have the room. But that's why I like, you know, stability ball. But every 20 minutes, right? You don't have to do anything magical. You just have to get up, move, wiggle your toes, wiggle your feet, do some reach high in the sky, you know, or your shoulders, sit back down. Yeah. Well, that's what awareness, uh, that's the whole point of everything we're doing is catalyzing that awareness. So you do, it becomes innate, it becomes instinctive. You reconnect with what I, again, I believe is natural and our desire to do these things is natural. Right. Well, that's what you can say, you know, Feldenkrais is, is really phenomenal in increasing the somesthetic awareness. That's what it's supposed to do at right. fu- fundamentally, yeah. Right. So, I mean, when you really look at it as, as far as movement goes, if we can get somebody to recognize that their posture is horrible, that something isn't working right, mm-hmm. and you can move to get out of the pain, as opposed to, oh, my God, I have pain. What do I need to do? It should be, oh, my God, I have pain. How do I need to move? Yeah. Right? So, I think that's where the, the Feldenkrais really just shines, you know? Yes. Yes, it is. Um and other things too, but it's definitely the, the thing that's most unique about Feldenkrais is it's um, almost elusive precision, which is funny. And one of the t- books that he writes, I think it's what, or he wrote, probably my favorite one, The Elusive Obvious, is you become more aware not just of how you're organizing yourself and how you need to move, but the fact that the there's a direct link, which is why... I'm always paying attention to this, between how you are organizing yourself from the most internal components of you, your neurological habits, your nervous system, how that is reflected and, and can be seen in the world around you. There's a direct link. It's not different and they that i see that as a fact as reality there is a direct link and knowing the link being aware of that link is the key piece that's the empowering piece it's agreed yeah well 
Oh, cool. Good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> again, when you work with chronic pain, people, that is so, I said that and you agreed and I think you probably get it and you agree. Mm-hmm. If everybody could get that, that would be enough for me. That would be enough. If everybody understood that, that'd be the fucking, that'd be, that wouldn't be enough for you. It's never enough for you. No, I think that would be, well, it wouldn't be enough so that, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go by and I'm going to be like, whatever, what would, I mean, not enough, like I'm stopping, but it right. would be, it's a good first, it's a benchmark for me. It's a benchmark. You have a goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so in, in the chronic pain world, if we can spend more time on movement, mm-hmm. um, getting them to understand their body, getting them to understand why they have pain, it's, it's wonderful. There's a great book out there called Explain Pain uh, by Butler. I think, you know, anybody who's in pain should read this book. Um, it's just, it's done very well to understand when you're in chronic pain and how to, how one. to cope with chronic pain. A wonderful book. Explain pain. Um, it just, it does a wonderful job of explaining that, you know, when we have pain, uh, it's like a DVD player, right? So you put a DVD movie in and play the same John Wick movie every single time, right? So, <laughs> right, so you put it in, you play the same I like how so we've kept that thread. <laughs> when, when, you have, when you have pain, and, and, you, and one of the concepts is when you have pain, it's like, I feel my low back again. And it's not yeah. just like, okay, I feel my low back and now I need to move in a certain way. It was like, I feel my low back again and it's followed by, now the pain's gonna worse, now I can't pick up my kids, now I can't do my work and I won't do it. And it just plays that same oh, loop again, yeah. right? It plays yeah, that same yeah. movie again, right? So that's why I think, you know, a technique like Feldenkrais it. is important. Uh, osteopathic techniques, muscle energy techniques, all of that Alexander technique, you know, these techniques that get you more in tune yeah. to yourself and how you can respond versus react to feeling dysfunction and pain is a huge difference, especially in the setting of management, right? Well, right. And it, it you know, like you just said, respond. It's got to be a, if we have a goal, which I agree I do, it's, it would be for the choice to go a certain direction to become the norm to become easy for because i look at it as essentially your choices reinforce the increased limitations of the increased possibilities that's kind of one of my little oversimplifications of reality my choices are either going to increase restrictions and limitations or they're going to increase possibilities and openness in the horizon i love possibilities i love probabilities more so uh what's the difference greater than 50 percent chance on a probability versus possibility yeah, it's probably just semantics. Probably. Yes. Yeah, right. And you'll increase the probability that something beautiful and joyful and wonderful, uh, all these yeah, virtues, something virtuous. Right, moves the needle a little bit further. That's, that's beautiful. I'm going yeah, to add that yeah. instead. Increase the probability for yeah. blank. Yeah. Well, actually, that's really what it is. Either way, you're increasing the probability. Correct. Yeah, so that's actually... Yes. You're smart. Knowing, thank you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, kind of wanted to say, go back to Philly. But, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, That's when the first fight would happen. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait till we take this outside. It's <laughs> sort of sunny. You want to go outside? Oh, you want to make it outside? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not with both of us here. I love it. The first thing he's going to do is go right for your knee, just to let you know. With a piece of plastic. No, just his foot. He's he's that kind of guy. He'll go right for your knee. All right. Hang on. Let's wait like another 15 minutes. 
Um, well, you know, we can put you right in the ice bath again. I know. Right? I'll, I'll heal I'll, right I'll up. I'll heal right up. So. I'll heal right up. It'll be fine. So do you think it's better that you take your concepts and your thoughts and your processes to our conversation in the very beginning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, he, Joe and I were talking about, you know, school and children and all that. So do you take this concept that you have and bring this to kids now? Or you try to take train, change adults now? Where do you think you would have more of an impact? Well, I always are on the side of both. How can we do both? But, I mean, I want to hear your answer, but do you want my answer first? I'll, I'll, I'll take your answer. I mean, Well, I kind of want your answer more, but um, I feel a little self-conscious about the answer, but I, I my instinct is to say kids. Um, and I, I enjoy working with young men a lot, to say the least. I think they're... I mean, this gets to that conversation we started to have at the end when we did our little yeah. Facebook Live about young men not feeling clear about where to go because they feel a lot of anger, and I think it's because of the fundamental confusion about what to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think young women feel a lot of anger too, man. I think yeah, I don't have as much experience with yeah. young women, I mean, I, but yeah, it seems I mean, like it. Your daughter. My daughter's a great role model. I mean, yeah. my God, I mean. I'm very blessed and very lucky with her. I mean, you know, she took hard stance on stuff. Mm. You know, and, and I like <clears> that. And, you know, I think we should make well, all of our answer? children. I, I think we have to do both. I think, you know, okay. we have to get to the kids and let them feel good. You know, so are you proposing we create a school? Because I'm all in. Uh, I can, I'd love to do that. That'd be great, you know. But there's no, no chairs, I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, that's that's what this is supposed to function as. I'm going to stand on stability walls, yes. right? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> nice. On your head. <laughs> I did see that once. I see a guy jump onto the stability ball barefoot. I've seen it How too. long took? It's impressive. It's pretty, yeah, it's a very impressive. How many wow. tries? Very impressive. Right. Wow. Very impressive. So, you know, I think it, it, full circle, right? <clears throat> as As practitioners, we just want to make a difference. Mm. And I think if we can make a difference sooner, um, the better, right? Whether it's an adult, whether it's a kid, and just have that impact to really make a difference in someone's life. Wouldn't you say that's why you do what you do? Of course. I mean, yeah, for, for me, I mean, like I said, if I can ease somebody's pain, make them laugh a little bit, and they leave my office happier than right. I did my job. Of course. And I got my own bathroom, so... That's great. You got your own. <laughs> that's always. That's a, a benchmarker that's right a, there. That's a sign of success right there. Wait, what? You have your own bathroom? You have your own bathroom, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you got to share yours, right? You mean here at Coru? Yeah. You share yours? Only one other person gets to go in there. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I could, I'm going to go in there every Tuesday now. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully every day when you're here more. Yeah. Well, Go play in the woods now. Yeah. We, gotta, we do have to wrap it up. Um, time for you to go run barefoot in the woods. Uh, go treat the masses. <laughs> Got to heal the masses. Did you uh, have a good time today? Yeah. Did, did you have a good time today? Yeah, absolutely. It's great to meet you. I always... Well, same. It's I, just and, and, I just, and I saw him two weeks ago. Yeah, that was, that was very... Where? In very town? funny. What? No, at the bar in Doylestown. <laughs> we were smashed. Waste. It was, it <laughs> was sing good. karaoke together. It was good. No, I like you. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a I bet you could do that. some good. No, God, no. 
No, no I saw him in Doyle's Town. I think it'd be fun to see you doing karaoke. <laughs> in fact, I saw him at one of the places that you like as well. Which one? No Nos. Love No Nos. Oh, yeah. So what do you want to talk about next time? I don't know. There's so much to talk about. We can keep going, but... <laughs> I got to stop. Yeah. I got to go heal the masses, so... Nice. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity, gentlemen. Thank My you. My pleasure. All great right. to meet you. Diana, Same. we'll have you with us next time. Yes, it'll be great. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Dr. Michael Kay. Check the show notes for his full credentials and links to his practice. He's a social media whiz, and you'll find us both on his Facebook Live series, which were really fun. And you'll find those links down below. As always, thank you for subscribing, reviewing, commenting, and sharing Movement Matters. We always welcome your comments and any kind of input you have. These conversations on coexistence are an absolute joy for us to be creating and sharing with you. Next week, we'll be featuring another Coro team member and founder of A Well-Fed Life, Kira Kremen. Stay tuned and have a great weekend. Thank you.